Hello, welcome to the Healing of Emotional Wounds podcast series. My name is Alan Mulhan. First, some announcements. The Quest programme has been running for a number of years. Although it is based in London and has live lectures and discussions, it is possible to receive all the preparatory materials online and listen to the audios of the lectures. Thus, anyone in any part of the world may register for the series and participate and it is possible to join it at any time. Please consult the Quest section of the website alanmulhern.com for further details. Secondly, as an optional part of the Quest programme, a number of us participate in a 100-day meditation exercise, half an hour per morning, following the guidance of an ancient Taoist text. Anyone is welcome to join us for this free meditation programme. We study the secret of the golden flower, which Jung provided a commentary for in the 1920s. I provide summaries and weekly email pep talks. We encourage ourselves to give up our addictions for this period from the start of the new year, January the 1st, until just before Easter. If you're interested, you may find contact details at alanmulhern.com. Email me and I will send more details. Above all, we seek the golden flower the goal of all adepts and students of the Taoist meditation process. As the text encourages us, we listen intensely with the inner ear so as to sense the light within. I have already alerted you to a new season of podcasts starting in January 2019, which are a quest for vision, complementing, though not identical, with the live quest series just mentioned. This will involve a change of title, to The Quest with Alan Mulhern, or something similar, and follows the ending of this particular series of podcasts on the healing of emotional wounds. The new series has a different focus. While having as their focus the evolving multidimensional crisis of the 21st century, we search the world's visionaries for their wisdom. We examine those who have provided new paradigms, forged myths, and provided visions from their depths we will examine a wide interdisciplinary range of visionaries that stretch from mystics and depth psychologists on the one hand to philosophers of science, economists and political activists on the other. We do this in order to throw light on our contemporary dilemmas and help us personally search for vision. This will begin in January and follow this season of podcasts on the healing of emotional wounds. Stay tuned. Our subject matter in this podcast is the integration of the spirit in psychotherapy. We have already examined the evocation of spirit in therapy. You may recall the stages of psychotherapy, the containment and understanding to begin with, the analysis secondly, thirdly the alignment to the deep psyche and fourthly the integration process. I described in previous podcasts a process of contacting the unconscious. Those who do align themselves to the deep psyche and really descend into it, by necessity experience the spirit. Many people come to therapy with no agenda for spiritual matters. Some people have minimal spiritual sides to their character. Some discover a spiritual side to themselves in the course of therapy. The deeper one proceeds into the psyche, the more one enters the archetypal realm. This includes the divine and the demonic, which psychologically are parts of our own psyche. 
think of psychotherapy and spirituality as two partially overlapping circles. They're not identical, but they have parts of their functioning which overlap. For example, in psychotherapy, it can be tremendously beneficial to have the activation of the higher self, a spiritual dimension. Also, in spiritual matters, it's tremendously useful to have a basis of character analysis, an understanding of the components of one's character, particularly one's complexes, difficulties and shadow. These are two mutually coinciding areas of where the analysis of psychotherapy contributes to spirituality and the higher self of the spirit contributes to psychotherapy. But this is only a partial contribution of each area. They are not identical areas. And when the spiritual area overtakes psychotherapy, then it's an injustice to the contributions of psychotherapy, particularly the analysis of character, which is so valuable. Likewise, when psychotherapy overtakes and overshadows the spiritual aspects of the personality, then everything is analysed and the freedom of the spirit and its healing properties are eclipsed. So these are two magisterium. These are two well-defined areas, disciplines, if you like, which have partial overlap. Our task today is to examine integration of the spirit from the point of view of depth psychotherapy. There are some who by nature have strong spiritual components to their personality, just as others have a strong practical, theoretical or interpersonal orientation. If these spiritual components are neglected, such people may remain unfulfilled, even spiritually crippled. This podcast gives a few examples of the natural urge for such integration that comes from within the psyche. Case study, John and his compass. John, as we'll call him, had substantial emotional damage, but had found a creative link to sustain him. He was acquainted with chakra work and found it congenial to his spiritual, emotional and psychological growth. He was, on his own admission, inherently fragile, and in therapy we had passed some time understanding the circumstances creating this as well as the sufferings that ensued. We came to understand that an important way of strengthening himself was to be more in touch with his spiritual self. If this was not recognised, then he would be continually at odds with himself and vulnerable to stress. If, however, he was in touch with it, he was stronger and more confident. This knowledge was revealed to him in a series of dreams. Here is just one. I am lost in the city, surrounded by noise, traffic and danger. I know the beautiful countryside lies to the south, but can't figure out which way this is, since I am in the middle of tall buildings with no direct sunlight. I put my hand into my inner pocket and find a compass with which to orientate myself. Comments John needed continual reminding from his dream world, his vision material and his therapy that he had an inner compass which could guide him, his daily spiritual practice. This example shows a case where somebody needs to be reminded by the self of the deeper or higher parts of his nature, his guidance system. Integration of this part of his nature with consciousness is required.
It will also be obvious to anyone who has struggled with spiritual matters that spiritual or healing experiences need to be remembered, brought back into consciousness, so as to realise their potential within the personality. Remembering is a rejoining of what rightly belongs together after separation. An integration or linking is required between two parts of the psyche in order for a new centre of the personality to develop. In the simple example above, a reminder from the self that the subject's ego needs to be nearer his spiritual centre is indicated. That the position of the ego on the ego-self axis needs to shift nearer to the self. Jung's term for this intermediary position is the transcendent function. These reminder dreams are very common for spiritually minded people, especially those who have had uplifting and transformative spiritual experiences. A part of the psyche, referred to as the higher self by Sufis, makes a call, a reminder to the ego not to forget it. It is not clinically prudent to automatically interpret these inner experiences as defences, escapes and unreal longings. On the contrary, this contact with the higher self should be encouraged and developed within the context of an evolving self-examination and integration process. Just as the existence of creativity in a client is a good prognosis for therapy, the ability to contact the higher self can be the most useful of allies. Genuine spiritual components of the psyche can help clients when they are depressed, lost and confused, playing a vital role in the work of realisation and integration. When such clients are in a state of suffering, the practitioner may help by reminding them of their access to the higher self, which can be a continual support throughout their lives. However, a word of caution is appropriate. In some cases, an excessive or obsessive spiritual attitude may signify a vulnerable ego structure. When the ego and character components associated with it are damaged and in a chronic state of suffering, then the subject may turn naturally to the spiritual realm in order to fill the vacuum of the weakened ego and to repair the damaged emotional structure. Instead of progressing in a profession or having a network of friends or developing a central intimate relationship, such people may substitute such normal ego support with spiritual support. These are difficult cases and generalizations are not prudent but a potentially useful strategy is to attempt to lessen the overdeveloped spiritual function and strengthen the underdeveloped ego functions. Previous podcasts have shown how certain techniques can be used in aligning to the deeper psyche. Those mentioned included meditation techniques, like trance states, active imagination, emotional expressiveness, immersion in the emotional complex for young, shadow work, dream work, and imaginal body work, many others exist also. In this podcast, we mention chakra work in a little more detail, since it coincides with the type of work described in these podcasts. There are therapists who work with a type of imaginal body work described here, simply because it is a very effective way of tapping into deeper emotions, as well as intuitive and sometimes visionary states. 
Dream work can be complementary to this type of work. With respect to imaginal bodywork, it appears that the location of pain in various areas of the body frequently corresponds to what the Hindus for millennia have described as chakras. The methodology and belief system behind chakra work is more profound than that of light trance states and locating emotional pain in the body, since it has an ancient Eastern spiritual and philosophical system attached to it. Chakra knowledge spreading from the East into Europe since the 1920s has become extremely popular in spiritual groups in the Western world and is now used extensively in spiritual practices by those sympathetic to Eastern spirituality. The Hindu names of each chakra are now given and a brief indication of their attributes. Please excuse my non-existent Hindu accent. Muladhara, located between the genitals and the anus, the base chakra. It is associated with basic human potentiality and instincts, such as survival. Svadhisthana, seated in the stomach and associated with sexuality and reproduction. It is inherently relational, I.N.U. The sense of identity is bound up with approval from others. Questions of relationship dominate the psyche at this level. In its positive aspect, it manifests as a sense of security. In its negative aspect, as deep fear and anxiety. Manipura, located around the solar plexus. Positively, it is associated with one's sense of identity, power and will, the heroic ego. When damaged, fractured or wounded, it manifests negatively as a lack of internal coherence, strength and confidence. Anahata, the heart chakra, container of feelings, love, complex emotion, compassion, sense of self-balance and well-being. This chakra has great healing power which is to say it can heal wounds in other chakras. However, it is also very vulnerable, since many of love's wounds are lodged here, and they may overpower its healing energy. Vizhuda, located in the throat and a centre of expressiveness, creativity and communication. Blocked feelings and suppressed tears can manifest in this area. Ajna, the brow chakra, centre of illumination, intuition and awareness. This has the capacity to scan all lower chakras. It possesses tremendous healing power and can manifest its awareness as light. Its location is between the brows. As a sense perception, it may at first be experienced as an itching or pressure. Visually, it can be experienced as a light, or a light within a cloud. But very rapidly, it transcends space-time constrictions. It can begin as a locus or point, become an expansion, then a universality. Sahasrara, the crown chakra, synonymous with the purest consciousness and supreme spirituality. A quick glance at the attributes of these chakras will make clear their suitability for psychological work. Firstly, the first five are connected to a range of emotions commonly experienced in psychotherapy, that is from the base upwards to the throat. 
Secondly, some manifest blocks or complexes in a revealing manner in that they are relatively easy and rapid to access via inner visualization work. So for example, a block in the heart or a difficulty manifesting in the stomach is relatively easy to contact, whereas contacting the upper chakras, the brow and the crown, takes more time and is less obvious. Thirdly, they are located in the imaginal body. And as noted, this is a big advantage because it helps move one out of everyday ego consciousness into the deeper psyche. Fourthly, chakras possess self-healing energy, which is augmented when they are approached by inner awareness as in meditation. In addition, some chakras have healing impact on other chakras. The heart, and especially the brow chakra, are capable of this. The heart naturally uses love and life forces to achieve this healing, while the ajna, or brow chakra, possesses intuitive power and a healing energy of transcendental quality. The mobilisation of inner awareness is central to these healing processes when they have become blocked. Thus, a working knowledge of chakras indicates not only a more precise location of wounds, complexes and emotional suffering, but also indicates the location and mobilisation of powerful healing energies in specific parts of the psyche. This psychic technology is ancient knowledge in Hindu culture. All the first five chakras, the lower chakras, partake of the realm of emotional disturbance and healing. The sixth chakra, the brow, or ajna, is not consciously a part of most normal psychotherapy practice. However, insofar as deep intuition or illumination may occur in the course of the work, these may be attributed to this area. In my experience, a careful approach to this chakra can be most illuminating during the scanning process. Chakra work can be integrated into the type of psychotherapy work outlined here, and moreover, is something frequently welcomed by clients of a spiritual disposition. As an example of how there can be opposing areas of the deep psyche, indeed opposing chakras, consider the following. Case study, Jack and the smokescreen. Jack spent a year in therapy and was recovering from the death of his wife. During this time he had learnt to manage his intense grief and find new inner resources. Among these was chakra work, which brought him considerable measure of healing. During one of his down periods, he was completely out of touch with his inner world and adopted a self-pitying attitude. I reminded him of his access to other parts of his psyche, which had proved of considerable help over the past year. He requested we do a scan. Instead of now slumping in the sofa, he sat upright, began focusing on his breathing and within moments after a few words from me let go of his worrying and self-pitying attitude and entered into his deeper psyche with his inner awareness, intact and vital. I asked him to let me know if he felt this sense of self-pity and depression in any parts of his body and immediately he identified his throat. I asked him to focus on this area with his inner awareness not interpreting or analysing, simply being aware. He reported he could feel the weight of this self-pity and depression. But after five minutes, it was clear 
it was not shifting but was firmly fixed. Significantly, his inner awareness of this chakra was not sufficient to produce a healing response and a change in tactic was required. I reminded him of his sixth chakra, which we had previously contacted. He had little difficulty mobilising it once more and it seemed to expand from a single point of light in the brow to a general luminosity. I then asked him to bring this energy down to the throat and meet his self-pity. He struggled for a while and said all he could encounter was mist, a fog. He wanted to give up. Now normally I agree to any request to retire from a scan. Not that it happens very often. But in this case, I strongly suspected this was just plain resistance. That depression and unconsciousness, the mist, the fog, should not win this struggle so easily. So I encouraged him to return to the sixth chakra and descend once more to the throat area. Again he reported a mist and said he could see nothing. I suggested he simply stay where he was in this experience and bring his full inner awareness to bear on proceedings, as well as the presence of the sixth chakra. He spoke of a struggle, as if between different beings within the mist. Five minutes later he said things had changed and he was feeling much better. We exited the scan. I saw him three weeks later and he said he had been in good spirits ever since our session. Here we observe what takes place, for the most part, unconsciously in the psyche. Two opposing areas in struggle for dominance. One positive, another negative. In this case, the negative, the depression, would have won if the positive side were not mobilised. The reason why John felt better was because his sixth chakra was activated and supported by the therapist, thus overcoming the dominance of his depressive tendency. Comments. Some listeners might find reports of inner experiences such as these rather fantastical. I agree. In the Transcendent Function, Young's essay, Young, after describing some of his techniques, pauses as he considers the probable reactions to his techniques. Quote, The methods for bringing the unconscious to consciousness may strike the reader as novel, unusual, and even rather weird. Unquote. The inner world, experienced in such visionary states, consists of images, symbols, stories, and metaphors, which are identical to the dream world. They are indeed the world of fantasy, dramatic, overdetermined, humorous, apparently absurd or nonsensical, but on closer inspection, full of meaning. One can interpret them in exactly the same way as dream images. However, the vital difference is that visionary, inner states, allow the activation of inner awareness, which is a direct participation of a part of consciousness in the drama. It may also be surprising that one unhealthy part of the psyche puts up a strong resistance to another healthy part. Yet this is no stranger than the resistance one can feel to doing physical exercise. The unhealthy part of one can dominate over the part of one that wants to be healthy. What the above drama reveals by way of precise location, the throat, in this case a clogged 
self-concerned emotional area versus the brow, a clear illuminative one, this is a struggle in the psyche between two different areas. Depression and self-pity can be subtle and powerful in resistance, easily throwing up a smokescreen, a mist, blocking illumination and clarity. A scene of inner awareness, purely a struggle in the deep psyche, almost beyond the radar of consciousness, but as such it reveals what frequently goes on all the time. If one takes three great contributions of the East, meditation, yoga and chakra work, to recent spiritual practices of the West, then it is my understanding any of these can be incorporated with the emotional and spiritual work of psychotherapy. They are all centrally concerned with human suffering and healing. They suspend normal ego functioning, activate inner awareness, align the subject to the deep psyche and promote transformational movement in the psyche. The application of certain spiritual ideas and practices to the work of psychotherapy is then feasible under certain conditions. There are also those of a determined spiritual nature who require nothing less than a psychotherapy which actively embraces core spiritual values. Psychotherapy with a spiritual dimension may fruitfully incorporate certain ingredients of Eastern traditions. As well as the greater integration of the ego with the deep psyche, there can also be a linking of different parts of the unconscious, as we have observed in the above case study. In chakra terms, it involves a coming together of chakra centres. There are exercises done by spiritual practitioners linking the chakras one to another. Tantra work deals with the movement of the life force from the spine to the crown of the head. Tao involves a circulation of the light and implies a movement of the vital energy, qi, around the body. These are provocative metaphors for the psychotherapist working with the spiritual dimension. In these cases, the unity is not just between the ego and the deep psyche, but rather a uniting of various parts of the deep psyche. Moreover, as the Tao philosophy illustrates, there is a dynamism, a movement of an essential life force, light, consciousness, between these centres. As an example of this process, consider the following case, which is concerned with the movement between chakras. Graham told the following real-life story. On a visit to a country manor house, I pass through a small door and enter an adjoined but hidden room, which is quiet, holy and beautiful. The experience is very moving. Graham passed only a little time talking of this in session, which chiefly concerned his feeling of being disorientated and ungrounded. In a scan, he found his heart chakra to be like the adjoining room. I inquired about the brow chakra. He let an awareness of it grow, so it seemed to open and expand into the heart chakra, bringing great light and radiance. This took about 20 minutes. Comments. His basic presenting problem in session was a feeling of disorientation. This could have resulted from various outside pressures upon him. But from the psychological and spiritual point of view, it was because he was disorientated within. In the scan, his heart chakra presented the image of the quiet room. 
Here was the area holding the clue to his problem and its solution. At this stage, it was not clear what the room meant. However, the evocation of the sixth chakra, centre of intuition, its descent and partial union with the heart chakra, brought light into the room. The coming of awareness into this quiet space which lay hidden within him, much as the room lay hidden adjoined to the house. His feeling of radiance and peace was the result of this unity he felt within, this inner space now receiving light. His feeling of disorientation disappeared. It signified that his spiritual potential, symbolised by the room, not only needed to be brought into consciousness, but needed to be filled by the light of his higher self. By such means he could feel less disorientated and more united in himself. Such integration is both a psychological and spiritual experience. The quiet room, therefore, represents the stillness required of his psyche, so that healing higher forces in the psyche could be activated. At first glance, the above case study appears a straightforward example of spiritual integration, a remembering of the spiritual dimension of the ego. However, what made the integration effective was the manner in which the sixth chakra entered the fourth. This allowed a deeper integration to take place than a simple remembering by the ego could have achieved. Integration is therefore likely to be longer lasting when there is a coming together of different parts of the deep psyche. It is integration within the deep psyche itself promoted by inner awareness. Our final two podcasts will be questions and reflections upon the material we've covered. This will be by way of summary of all this material and will assemble most of the questions that have been asked in this area and I will provide some detailed reflections upon them. We then reach the end of the Healing of Emotional Wounds podcast season and we will begin the Quest season, which is a quest for vision search for wisdom across the ages with a focus particularly on the evolving crises of our own time.